everyone, and welcome to episode one of Becoming, a new podcast where we explore the age-old question of who do you want to be when you grow up? I'm Katherine Tang, and in this first season, we will be meeting and hearing the journeys of some amazing people. For our inaugural episode, I had the pleasure of speaking to blogger and social media coordinator Rosalind Gambier about school, work, social media, and all her favorite things about Kingston. Rosalind and I first connected over Instagram, and since then, we've gotten to know each other better in person, always over a good meal. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Rosalind Gambier. So Rosalind, welcome, and thank you so much for agreeing to be the first guest on this podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited and uh, slightly nervous, so (laughs) we'll see how this goes. This podcast is really about exploring sort of our values, our journeys, and where we think those might lead. So I'm really curious, when you were little, who did you want to be when you grew up? To be honest, I never actually had a clear, um, defined path in my mind as a child or as a kid. I was all over the place in high school. I remember after a career day, um, I wanted to be a criminal lawyer, an architect, I went to a summer camp that was all about biomedical technology. So the industries varied when it was time to actually apply to colleges and universities and whatnot. I went down the safe road or I chose a safe choice. My parents always told me that I should do something that'll make me happy, but also excite me every day. So they never actually pushed me um, to do anything, but obviously getting good marks was important like that was the end all and be all Mm -hmm. um and so when it came time to choosing what I had to do I went down the road of health sciences so I just want to add that I was a little confused at this point because I knew Rosalind had gone to Queens for computer engineering thankfully she took some time to explain how college and university works in Quebec where she's from high school is actually from grade 7 to 11 and then you do college, which is grade 12 and 13. Yeah, I did those two years and then realized that I want to look at all my options after college. I didn't want to just be limited to Quebec. So I applied to schools in um, Toronto, Ottawa, and Kingston, Ontario. And ultimately, I got accepted and chose Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario. Um, and it was only... I think a few weeks out before, or maybe a few months before the start of school that I actually went to go visit and I actually fell in love. It was definitely the place for me. So that was great. And that was the start of the start of my life. (laughs) (laughs) So did you choose computer engineering like right when you came in or was that something you chose later on? So you had a good three solid months, three and a half months to pick your discipline um, or what you want to major in. Um, and so going in, I I didn't even think about computer engineering. Um, I honestly wasn't really thinking about any discipline, but it was more of going to open houses um, that each discipline would have and then just doing hands-on activities and just through your classes, you learned more about Um, the different fields. And that's where I realized like, hey, I actually did really well in computer sciences in high school. And 
it actually excited me because it was something new and it challenged me. Um, so that's where I was like, okay, like let's give computer engineering a try. So yeah, I went for it and majored in that. And would you say you're a good student? I was, um, <laughs> I'll admit I, I did fail a course, which I was, <laughs> which I was slightly disappointed about. Um, but I retook it and passed and all was good. Um, but no, I was a good student. I did well. Um, but I realized if I had to go back, and this is just me, um, I probably would have gone down the route of either the college stream, mm-hmm. um, where I would have gone more practical, hands-on experience. I think my experience was more theoretical, which is definitely important, especially in the field of engineering. But I kind of wish I had more of a hands-on, hands-on approach. Yeah, and so I know that during your time at Queen's, you also started blogging on the side. And so maybe tell me a little bit about how did that come to be and what did that look like? Yeah, so I started blogging. It was my, oh, it's always hard to pinpoint, but it was my fourth um, year. So it was the last year um, of my degree. And I remember specifically, um, if you did go to Queen's, um, there's a coffee shop in the um, engineering building called the Tea Room, which was my go-to hangout spot um, to study. And I started writing for an online publication in the States called Dormify and realized I really enjoyed writing. And I was like, okay, maybe I should give this a go on my own and actually write about more than just college rooms and (laughs) dorms. Um, So that's where I was like, okay, I'll start a Blogspot account. And my blog is still on that platform. So I haven't changed over, or Blogger, sorry. Um, I haven't changed over to WordPress yet, which is kind of shocking. But yeah, so it was in that um, coffee shop that I started my account, started blogging. I think my first um, post was just a little intro about who I was. Um, and then I proceeded to delete that like afterwards. The blog started off as a creative outlet. I wasn't really enjoying the classes I was taking and I found the community of Twitter um, and then I found the community of Kingston and explored that and realized like, hey, social media is something that is actually really interesting. And then combining that with blogging, because I was starting to build content and writing, I was like, well, who's reading this other than my few friends and my mom? <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, I need to distribute the content I have. Um, so that's where Twitter came in. Um, started sharing my posts and um, building a community and a following, especially in Kingston. And actually meet doing like little meetups, not for myself, like there were marketing meetups that I would go attend and meet new people and be like, oh, hey, I have a blog, like you should read it. Um and this is like nervous me, like as a, as a student, just felt super awkward and nervous. Um, but it was my way of like pushing myself and challenging myself. Um, cause it was something new that was outside the realm of school that was getting me excited and passionate. So that's where I just kept on going. I am, I started writing about food and that's where it just kicked off. My love of food is what kind of helped me propel the blog. Um, and that's where I also met my foodie partner in crime, who's also my fiance now. So we started a foodie bucket list um, through the blog where we would go to a new restaurant um, every week in Kingston and I would document our journeys. I didn't realize that you guys like met, you guys met online? 
through oh, the gosh, flat? No. <laughs> no, we didn't meet online. Um, we met in Kingston uh, through mutual friends. Um, but it was actually our first date was him cooking me dinner. And I was like, this is super cute. Um, so he had a love of food and that's what kind of hit it off. And then obviously our second date, we went to a restaurant and I didn't tell him at this point that I had a blog. It was more so like, oh yeah, I have a website that I write. Um, Do you um, mind if I take some pictures of our meal? (laughs) Well, even now he knows not to, well, depending on the moment and where we are, but he knows that Rosa needs to take a picture (laughs) just to document where we are. And so now you have a really well-established blog and you have some really interesting partnerships. Like how did those things come about? So the partnerships were definitely, so I guess just to go back a bit is, so I started the blog in 2010, 2011, right in between those two years. And Instagram wasn't a thing. So my platform was Twitter and a lot of the partnerships that were started were very much organic. They were, it wasn't me cold emailing or cold calling, so to speak. It was actually meeting people in the community um, and just building those pure relationships and um, just going in it with good intentions. Um, So one partnership that I truly loved, and that's where my passion for tourism started and travel started was working with Tourism Kingston. I had met um, someone who had worked there and it was just, it just started from a pure conversation. And a lot of the partnerships that I have had started by conversations that ultimately led to um, working with them. That's really cool. And I guess this segues really nicely into your current role. Um, Can you maybe tell us what your title is and then explain what that actually means? (laughs) Of course. Uh, So by day, I'm a social media uh, and web coordinator for historic sites in southeastern Ontario. So essentially, yeah, my title is kind of vague. and (laughs) um, But I essentially lead social media platforms and digital assets and help to Um, tell their stories um, through building online communities. um, So depending on our goals. So some of those sites include Fort Henry National Historic Site here in Kingston, uh, Kingston Penn Tours, and Upper Canada Village up in Morrisburg, Ontario, which is close to on uh, Cornwall. So yeah, and funny thing is, is that I always like to tell this little part because my dad doesn't even know what I do. Or doesn't understand what I fully do, which I always chuckle at because there's always a slight confusion because he's not very tech savvy. He doesn't use a laptop, doesn't have a cell phone. He's very old school and his job doesn't require it. So he's like, I'm not going to learn that stuff. Or there's other people who think I just play around on Facebook or Instagram, which is not the case. (laughs) And I feel like social media is one of these areas, you know, it's definitely growing and you know, there are all these jobs now that, you know, either harness social media or it's about managing social media. So yeah, what, like, what does your day look like? So the typical day of social media and web coordinator, um, I guess, every day, the number one thing I do, even before I open up my emails, um, emails is usually like the third thing on my list, but is I log into our platform, our social media management platform, 
And that's where I'll look at all the notifications from the previous day or the previous um, 24 hours. And that's where I'll start responding to everyone's questions and um, inquiries. Um, So one thing people don't realize is that social media is all about customer service. And with the digital age and all of that, people want an instant reply. My days always involve meetings with my marketing team um, because at the end of the day, we all work together um, to reach our end goal. Um, so yeah, like every day is very different depending um, on what I'm doing. So in the summer season, most of my sites have daily programming where our off season of fall and winter, we have events. And so those weeks and weekends are mainly um, answering questions um, our customers have, um, whether it's ticket based or whatnot. So yeah, it's it's very different, but it's very fun. And do you feel like in that role, you have to constantly be on social media? Or do you feel like there is a good balance of being able to respond in a timely way as opposed to like, feeling like you need to always be on your device? Mm -hmm. And I guess, um, from my perspective, the term always on um, is a bit different. Um, I use the term always on um, more so from the content perspective that we should always be posting regularly and whatnot. And how long have you been doing this role again? So I've been in this role for two and a half years, almost three years. How did you come into this position? So funny enough, um, it was actually through my blog um, and mainly um, the skills that I acquired through blogging and my side hustles. Another thing that people don't realize when they are starting blogs is that like, oh, I'm just going to start a blog. It's a website. I'll start writing. But you also need to look at all the behind the scenes work that goes into it. So through blogging, I learned um, obviously social media management. Um, But there's also graphic design work, photography, um, and so on and so forth. So all those skills combined, um, and obviously through my past experience, because I did work um, as a freelance writer, and I had clients um, where I would manage their social media accounts and whatnot. So with that combined and the blog, um, that's how I landed the job I'm currently in. Um, So yeah. So you studied computer science computer engineering, do you feel like it's <laughs> there's a correlation between what you learned at school and what you're doing now, or is it pretty separate? It's definitely a complete shift from what I started out with my schooling, but I feel like the degree and going to university gave me the ability gave me the ability to think. Um, and especially as an engineer, you need to learn how to sometimes think outside the box. And that's what I appreciated with that. So the one key role that I actually did get after graduating was what sparked my interest in marketing. Um, So I'll just touch on that because Mm -hmm. I got a job as a business analyst slash marketing coordinator for a software firm in Kingston. So it was a company that was uh, developing software. And so with the marketing aspect to my job, I was like, oh, I know what the developers are talking about. Like, I'll know how to sell this. And that's where it's like, okay, like, I think I have the ability to grasp the concept of marketing and whatnot. And that's where, like, that was a pivotal moment of, I know I'm not going to go back to school, but I also want to see where this marketing thing is going to take me. And that was only um, a contract job. So it was for four months. But at the end of the day, I learned so much. 
um, that I was like, okay, I'm going to give this marketing thing a shot. I have blogging behind me. Let's see where this goes. And so it's kind of interesting to see how all these different things that you've done and all your experiences sort of add up to you being prepared to do the role that you're in right now. Mm -hmm. And so after, I guess, after your four months, what did you do from there? So that's actually where I went back to blogging, but also like, okay, what am I actually going to do for a full-time career? (laughs) So I was job searching, but then also blogging and taking on clients and seeing if I could actually do this on my own. Um, so I actually did land a client um, in downtown Kingston, um, a retail store or two retail stores. And that actually came to be because I started working there part time. And they saw that I had the skills to do what they wanted. And they're like, give it a shot. And I started and I think I was doing that for two and a half years. And I obviously wasn't working there anymore. I was just focusing on their social media and their digital platforms and whatnot. So they just saw, hey, Rosalind knows how to use social media and why don't you manage our social media? Exactly. But it's also they knew that um, they didn't have all the resources um, within their team to do this. So we're going to hire the right person to do this. What do you think is the hardest thing about working in web and social media? (sighs) I think mental health. And I say that, and I only realized this after the fact, but um, whether you're blogging or doing social media um, and going back with your um, the term being always on, your partner or significant other need to understand the role you're in, especially if you're going to be answering people's questions after hours um, or having your phone out when you're supposed to be enjoying quality time. So I think that's the hardest thing. Yeah, that is the hardest thing. Yeah. And then so do you find like during the day you're managing social media for your work and then you also have a really active social media presence like for your blog. How do you find time to do everything? (laughs) Oh, gosh, that's a good question. Um, At the end of the day, since my blog is what ultimately drives my passion and creativity, I always make time for it. And I usually would spend maybe an hour a night um, or every other day. Um, just focusing on it or trying to find inspiration as to what content I want to create or um, do in the future. Um, So it all depends. Yeah. I remember a little while ago, you posted this dinner you went to in a crop circle. And I remember my husband and I just thinking to ourselves, like, how does she get invited to things like this? (laughs) And that's also like word of mouth. Don't take that for granted. But that has worked phenomenal, especially in a city like Kingston. It's Weird to say, but it's definitely a city where it's who you know in a way in certain aspects, like especially the tourism industry. Um, that's definitely how it works. But yeah, word of mouth has been a great uh, thing for me. I guess you and I are both transplants to Kingston. I remember when I yeah. first decided to settle here after graduation, I was really surprised at how accessible everything was. Mm-hmm, exactly. So a lot of the time when we think about, you know, who we want to be, we focus on our jobs and on the things that actually bring money in. But what sorts of things are you involved in and what matters to you beyond blogging and beyond social media? So definitely, this may sound cheesy to some, but at the end of the day, my partner, my now fiance, is definitely one of my driving forces. Sometimes I tell him that if I hadn't met him, that I wouldn't know where I would be. And that's because I met him in my fourth year. 
So similar timing of me starting my blog, but same timing as me starting my blog and in university. So he definitely helped me with school in the aspect that positive mindset was something that he not so much relied on, but it was just so instilled in him that he passed that on to me and just showed me the value in it, that that definitely drove me to who I am now. And your blog, it's called The Staycationer. And so why did you pick that name? And I think I can get a sense just from you know talking to you why. But um, yeah, why The Staycationer? So when I actually started the blog, it wasn't even called The Staycationer. It was my name. It was Rosen Gambier. And it was more so, and that was chosen for a personal brand, um, so obviously since I had graduated from university, I was like, oh, what if employers Google me? Um, so I was thinking my, about my digital footprint at mm-hmm. this point and it's like, oh, what happens if someone types in Google, uh, Rose and Gambier into Google? Um, so that's where I was like, okay, I'm going to do more of a personal brand as a blog. And then over the years I realized like, Hey, I think I need to transition over and this, the term the staycationer came because at the end of the day, the content I was sharing was a lot of what I was doing in my own backyard and backyard meaning um, the city of Kingston and nearby surroundings. And a lot of people actually use the word staycation. It's like, oh, you're doing a staycation this weekend. Like, oh, you're not going um, to this place like you're doing a staycation. It's like, oh, the staycationer. And for the longest time, I had so much trouble trying to figure out a name for the blog. And Ryan just even brought it up to be like, everyone's always talking about the staycation. Maybe you should just keep it simple. And I was like, the staycationer. And then that's how it came to be. What would you say is your favorite place in Kingston? Oh, boy. So maybe I'll put it into categories. So when it comes to foodie spots, um, my go-to restaurant downtown is Tango, which is where we first met at Tango Nuevo. Um, If I had to go for a stroll or just clear my mind, um, it would definitely be down by the waterfront in downtown Kingston or Lemoyne's Point in the West End. I also love Lemoyne Point. <laughs> They're just great spots. Um, what are some other things I love? Oh, on the weekends, the farmer's market on Sunday at the Memorial Center um, is phenomenal. Phenomenal. Um, It's a weekend tradition that Ryan and I do. It's funny. I actually have not. I think I've been, I haven't been there in the winter, the Memorial Center market. It's great. Yeah. If someone was coming for 24 hours, like what would you take them to do? Okay. That all depends on the season though. Mm -hmm. Okay. (laughs) That's true. If they had to come, um, definitely brunch at either Juniper Cafe, Panchen Show, definitely hit up downtown Kingston. We've, we have some great shops. Um, then I would definitely go to the Tet Center because um, there's some great spaces in there and just some cool artists. Um, there's a Modern Fuel uh, Gallery. Um, there's the Agnes Etherington or at Queen's University. So yeah, whether it's the food scene, the art scene, the outdoors, Kingston is definitely... If you had to spend 24 hours, you probably would need more hours in a day <laughs> to get through the entire city. Yeah, I agree. It's like definitely I'm continuing to discover new places. Mm-hmm. So I guess looking forward, where do you see yourself going? Who do you hope to you know become down the line? 
Oh God. Um, where do I see myself going? Um, this question actually reminds me of when you're an, in an interview and they ask you where you see yourself in five <laughs> years. Um, so I'm not the biggest fan of the question, but honestly, as simple as it sounds in the future, as long as I'm happy and healthy and still doing what I'm truly passionate about and actually gives me meaning, uh, meaning, sorry, then that's great. When I talk about happiness, it isn't so much like having a house or a car or what society expects us to have. Um, so whether it's kids or um, having that safe job that allows you or allows me to be comfortable in life, while all those things are amazing and grateful, um, I think at the end of the day, happiness is more so challenging myself and doing things that are going to excite me. And a great example is starting the blog in university because um, that gave me the skills and drive to land me the job I have today. I guess uh, last thing, if you could give one piece of advice or share the biggest lesson you've learned so far, what would it be? So I actually like to talk about my dad with about this is because, and I talked about this before, is that growing up, he always told me that I should be happy and excited for what I wanted for what I do in life, whether it's a job or with your partner. And so my advice would be to be happy, be positive, and then be present. And at the end of the day, I want to be the best person I can. So there's a quote, she believed she could, so she did. And that also resonates with what my dad says is, as long as you work hard, I'll ultimately become the person I want to be and be that vision I aspire to be. So yeah, at the end of the day, be happy, be positive, and be present is my ultimate advice to anyone well thank you so much Rosalind for taking time to chat thank you and I'm looking forward to seeing where things go for you so there you have it episode one of becoming with me Catherine Tang if you'd like to connect with Rosalind you can find her on Instagram and Twitter at Rosalind Gambier or you can check out her blog at www.thestickationer.com Thank you so much for listening and I hope to see you next week.